I'm Toby Logsdon, and this is your daily fix of wisdom on BibleStudyPodcasts.org. In Proverbs chapter 2, verses 16 to 19, Solomon writes, To deliver you from the strange woman, from the adulteress who flatters with her words, that leaves the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God, for her house sinks down to death, and her tracks lead to the dead. None who go to her return again, nor do they reach the paths of life. The famous philosopher Socrates once said, Flattery is like a friendship in show, but not in fruit. In the words of a famous French philosopher, Flattery is a counterfeit money which, but for vanity, would have no circulation. Nevertheless, people in general tend to love flattery. It's a natural thing for us. We want someone to tell us that we're better than we really are because we hope that people see us as being better than we really are. We like to feel important and we like to feel special. And flattery is taking these qualities to the point of dishonesty. More often than not, the purpose of flattery is for the sake of manipulation of another person's feelings, emotions, or actions. And Solomon likens the person who uses flattery to an adulteress because the person who flatters another can't be trusted. There's an old saying that a person is only as good as their word. If that's the case, the person who uses flattery to manipulate isn't good at all. Solomon's telling us that yet another function of discretion, which is a byproduct of wisdom, is that it will prevent us from falling prey to the person who seeks to manipulate us by using flattery. In the book of Judges, we come across a character named Samson, who was stronger than anyone else. The Philistines, who were ruling over Israel at the time, wanted to capture him because he was so strong. So they lured him into giving his secret away through a woman named Delilah. This was a beautiful woman who knew how to get her way, and she was offered 1,100 pieces of silver in exchange for the information that was necessary to control Samson's strength. So she asked him flirtatiously, How is it that you're so strong? What's your secret? And he joked back, if someone binds me with seven cords that haven't been dried, I'm as weak as any other guy, right? So what did she do? She set him up. She set him up for an ambush, but Samson broke the cords. So again, she flirtatiously said, Samson, you're so strong. Please tell me the secret of your strength. Pretty please. And so Samson joked again that if he were to be tied up by new ropes, he's as weak and as helpless as anyone else. And again, she set him up and tried to bind him, but he broke away effortlessly. Now, Delilah was getting pretty irritated, but her resolve to have him taken down was as strong as ever. And again, she asked him for his secret, and again, he lied to her. And we read, it came about when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him that his soul was annoyed to death. So what did he do? He finally confessed that he had taken a Nazarite vow and had thus grown his hair long. That, he said, was the secret of his strength. So all of Delilah's wooing and flattering had finally paid off, and Samson, now sporting a chrome dome, was finally rendered helpless. Here in our Proverbs passage, God is warning us against believing the lies that other people tell us about ourselves, and it assures us that the wisdom that comes from God sees right through the flattery and the manipulation that other people use against us. The words that look so beautiful to us on the outside are a trap that's designed to bring about our downfall. So be careful about who you give an ear to. Guard your ears and always keep a humble spirit. I'm Toby Logsdon and this has been your daily fix of wisdom on BibleStudyPodcasts.org. Keep growing closer to Jesus.
I'm Toby Logsdon, and this is your Daily Fix of Wisdom on BibleStudyPodcasts.org. In Proverbs chapter 2, verses 20 to 22, Solomon writes, So you will walk in the way of good men, and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will live in the land, and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be uprooted from it. Solomon has been discussing the discretion that a person gets when they've received the wisdom of God. While there are many benefits to having such discretion, the ultimate goal, according to Solomon, is that the person who has it will walk in the way of God good men and keep to the paths of righteousness. This is a contrast of sorts with the ways of the evil man that Solomon mentioned back in verse 12, whose paths are crooked, according to verse 15. Ultimately, then, discretion results in purity. This goes against the flow of social norms and can virtually guarantee that the person will be mocked by those who aren't going against the flow at some point. But the person with discretion, the discretion that comes from the wisdom of God, will stay on that path. There's a story of two roommates in college. One was a virgin, and the other took pride in the number of people they had experienced intimacy with. The one who took pride in their experience would mock the virgin roommate regularly, making the virgin the center of their crude and cruel sense of humor. Ultimately, said the virgin, I could be like you if I wanted to be. I could sell myself out to as many people as I possibly could, but you... You could never be like me. You've already given yourself away. And by the way, that's not to say that it's too late for the one roommate, but the path that they were on is the one that leads away from righteousness. The path that leads to righteousness, however, is marked by purity. Secondly, Solomon tells us that discretion leads to protection. We would be wise to note the similarities that this passage has to the fifth commandment that was given to Moses. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. So the person who honors their parents is obviously wise. By using discretion, we're simply more likely to avoid the pitfalls that the world offers, and thus we're protected and preserved. The person who lacks this discretion, which comes from the wisdom of the Lord, however, doesn't have such a happy ending. Chapter 1 ended with a quick word about the blessing and the safety of the wise person, and chapter 2 ends with a quick word about the curse of the wicked person. When a tree gets taken down, the first thing you do is you cut down the part above ground. The second step is having the roots dug up. Solomon's telling us here that this is the same fate that the wicked have. They'll be cut down and uprooted. The choice is ultimately ours to make. Blessing and preservation or curse and spiritual poverty. I'm Toby Logsdon and this has been your daily fix of wisdom on BibleStudyPodcasts.org. Keep growing closer to Jesus. I'm Toby Logsdon, and this is your Daily Fix of Wisdom on BibleStudyPodcasts.org. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1-4, through 4, Solomon writes, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man.
Today we start looking at the path of wisdom. You know, one of my New Year's resolutions this year has been to train to run a half marathon. I've never been much of one to run in my entire life unless it was running in a soccer game. Running by itself has never been something that I've had much of an interest in until now. I did some reading about how to train and gradually work up to the point where you're fit enough to run that type of distance. But like anything else, knowing how to most effectively train for a half marathon is nice and everything, but what's it really worth if I don't put it into action? Solomon is telling us in our passage today that the same principle holds true with God's word. It's nice if a person knows it, but what's it really worth to a person if they don't put it into action? This is the tug of war that happens between the mind and the heart of a person. Solomon starts by writing, don't forget my teaching. In other words, put it in your mind. But he immediately follows that up by saying, but let your heart keep my commandments. In other words, Put it into action. We should also make note of the fact that God doesn't say that he judges the mind of a person. Rather, he judges the heart. Now, the result of putting God's word into action in our lives is that they'll add days and years of life and peace to us. Now, Solomon knows that accidents happen and that people sometimes do die before we think it's time for them to pass away. But this is just a general rule of thumb. Obviously, the person who puts the wisdom of God into practice in their lives and thus generally avoids things like smoking or indulgently drinking alcohol, indulgently overeating, engaging in promiscuous sex, etc., obviously that type of person is is more likely to suffer fewer complications and issues with their health. As time goes on, it's easy to forget these things when it's most critical for us to remember them. Such was the case with Israel. When they were taken into captivity in Babylon, the people started ignoring the dietary laws that God had given the nation of Israel, but Daniel didn't. When given the chance to eat something that was forbidden, Daniel chapter 1 verse 8 tells us, Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank. So he sought permission from the commander of the officials that he might not defile himself. Daniel's faithfulness came from learning it in his youth and putting it into action. The result of Daniel's faithfulness is that he gained favor both with God and with man, just like Solomon promised. It's never too late for us to learn how to do the same thing. Remain faithful to God despite the temptation to abandon it by putting it into action in your life and making that a habit. Why not start today? I'm Toby Logsdon, and this has been your Daily Fix of Wisdom on BibleStudyPodcasts.org. Keep growing closer to Jesus. I'm Toby Logsdon, and this is your Daily Fix of Wisdom on BibleStudyPodcasts.org. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5-8, through 8, Solomon writes, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. With the Winter Olympics right around the corner, the final competition among United States figure skaters was held this past weekend. One of my favorite events to watch in figure skating is the couples. Uh, To watch how synchronized two people can be while dancing around on this really slick ice is truly amazing and just beautiful to watch. Well, my daughter had never watched anything like that before and was utterly stunned when one of the couples did a move which required that the man throw the woman into the air, allow her to spin around three times, and then catch her again. 
To see a move like that get pulled off flawlessly is truly something to leave the viewer in awe. Solomon tells us in this passage to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and not to trust your own understanding. As I think upon what this means, I'm reminded of the figure skating couples. When the woman's thrown into the air, she must completely trust that her partner will catch her. If she were to reach out for him rather than simply allowing him to catch her, she'd risk not only a disastrous landing, but serious injury as well. We're told to trust God, not with 50% of our heart, not with 80% of our heart, not even with 99% of our heart. We're told to trust Him with 100% of our heart. The fact is that we could spend our lives trusting our own understanding over God's understanding, but that's no different from stumbling around in the dark, really. While we can see the here and now, God can see the big picture. Compared to Him, we can't even see the forest for the trees. Solomon tells us to acknowledge God in all of our ways. What does that mean? Does it mean that while we're in the middle of sinning, maybe as long as we say, uh, God, I acknowledge you, it's okay? Of course not. What Solomon's telling us here is to honor and reflect the goodness and righteousness of God in everything we do and to seek his guidance in everything that we do. Without him, we're stumbling in darkness, but the psalmist wrote, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. When we completely trust the Lord, our steps are directed as he knows best. Solomon tells us that doing so will steer us away from evil. One of the benefits that a person who seeks and trusts the direction of the Lord is improved health. Yes, there is definitely a connection of sorts between the spiritual and the physical condition of a person. Studies have shown that emotions like fear, sadness, depression, anger, resentment, and guilt are among the primary causes of 60% of human illnesses. On top of that, we have to take into account the toll that things like drugs, alcohol, and various forms of immorality have on human life. Solomon didn't have statisticians to figure this out for him, but he figured out a long time ago what science affirms for us today. By completely trusting in the Lord, those negative emotions are minimized, if not completely eliminated altogether, which results in a happier, healthier you. I'm Toby Logsdon, and this has been your Daily Fix of Wisdom on BibleStudyPodcasts.org. Keep growing closer to Jesus.